Welcome to the Free Life Chapel podcast, where we help you discover and live the free life in Christ. We're so glad you set aside time to join and connect with us. I know you'll be impacted by and through today's message. Now let's jump into it. Going back into our series we've been in, we've been in this month tripping. We got all these little things, these little antics and stuff on the, on the stage regarding what you may be doing during the summertime. Some bike riding, some tubing, some skateboarding. No, I'm not doing that. Uh, some, some water fun, four-wheeling, whatever that looks like. Ha- getting outdoors, having some fun, it's all good. Tripping. Because we're all on a trip in life. We're all, we're all going somewhere in life. But here's my question for you today. Are you enduring life or are you enjoying life? Are you enjoying the trip? Like, like, do you enjoy life? Like, you wake up going, ah. Or is it, ah. So two different realities. If you're traveling, you should be having fun. If, if, if we're going on a road trip, Cindy and I have a road trip coming up in a few weeks. If we're going on a road trip, we're going to have fun on the road trip. Wherever we go, whatever we do, we start fun from the time we leave the house. We start having fun. But here's what I've decided. If I'm going to be at work, I'm going to have fun. Y'all, yeah, stop, stop segregating and, and compartmentalizing fun like it only happens in these times and it doesn't happen in these times. No, we've got to live our life with this joy. Please make sure that your home is fun. Do not turn home into another classroom. They're lectured all day. They don't need to come home and get lectured at the house. Stop it. Break through. Home is the one place you can break the rules. Oh, y'all, y'all wouldn't be able to handle our house. That's all I got to say. You would not be able to handle our house. We stir it up intentionally just to, just to mess it up. Just to, you, you've got to make sure fun is a part of it. That's why we want church to be filled with faith and fun. We want joy in the place. We want hope and life. Nothing just so expected, so routine that you do it mindlessly. People are doing life mindlessly. They're going to work and not even thinking about it. They, they don't even know if they brushed their teeth because it's so a part of their routine. Like, did I brush my teeth today? Oh my God. Did I put deodorant on? I hope so. Let's run to Walgreens just in case. Anybody ever done those kind of runs because you're just kind of going through? Okay, some of y'all should have, but I'm just going to say it's a... I heard it put this way before, life is short, so smile while you still have teeth. It's a great, it's a great quote here. Almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. It's important that we back up and breathe a little bit. I'm going to talk to you today because joy and pleasure, I've got good news, are Bible issues. They're not just your psychology today. It's not just what you're hearing bounced around in social media of of, of personal health. And all of that is good. But I want you to know that joy and pleasure are God's heart for your life. The Bible even just tells us that Jesus came that we would have life and life more abundant. He He didn't die so that you and I would live like prudes for the rest of our life. My God, smile. It does turn the other way. This is what he died. Forgive us. Psalm chapter 16, verse 11. This is a powerful verse we'll just kind of build on today. Here's what it says. You will show me the path that leads to life. Your presence fills me with joy and brings me pleasure forever. God is not angry with joy. God is not upset with you having a pleasure-filled life. 
That's everything that he wants us to experience. But notice this. The, the verse says, you will show me the path that leads to life. This means that sometimes the path that we start on is not in a path of joy, of life, of fun. Usually it's a, 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 we, we're, we had a starting point of pain and difficulty and situations that are holding us hostage. But there is a path out of it, and that path is filled with the presence of Jesus as we begin to move out. But you got to start somewhere and then keep on moving. we got to trust him in the pain so that he can lead us to the pleasure. But you gotta start somewhere. Would you tell somebody you gotta start somewhere? You, you gotta start somewhere. This makes joy a spiritual issue. It's not just an emotional issue. Joy is a spiritual thing. It's, it's only through him. Joy is not circumstantial. Your happiness is, your joy is not. If everything is based on circumstances, then, you've got, you're, then you're a victim of your own life. You're waiting on everything to be okay before you're allowed to enjoy it. That is not how God's word goes down. No, God's word, joy has this edge. Joy is not a fluffy, cute, cuddly little thing. Joy has got some teeth and it growls. And it comes after life to make sure you're getting what you want. That's the kind of joy that God's word talks about. Let's, let's talk about finding joy in the journey. In Luke chapter 24, the Bible gives us a story of two guys. The Bible says they were disciples of Jesus. They were walking and they were on a road. They were on a journey, a road to Emmaus. They were tripping. They were, they were moving. They were going from, to, to, to Emmaus. And as they were traveling, they were talking about Jesus had just died, had been buried. And these two guys are walking there and they're talking like, man, I, I, you know, we heard, we heard, you know, Jesus. We know he died. We know he was crucified. We all that. They put him in the grave. But he said he was going to get up in three days, and we don't even know if he got up or not. We've heard, we heard there was a lady, there was some lady that said that she heard he got up and said she's seen him, but, but we, we went to look for him. We couldn't find him, so we don't know if it's just a, if it's a story, if it's true, if it's not. And they're talking and talking to each other about all of this, and the Bible says that Jesus walks up inside their conversation. Like Jesus meets someone and will say, yo, what's up? Nothing. I'm headed down to get some barbecue. You guys want to go? No, let's just, but here's what's up. And they start talking, and Jesus just, it just merges right into their conversation. You see, when you start talking about Jesus, he shows up. And so he, he steps into, he steps into their conversation, and they're, they're talking about all that went down. And Jesus kind of interrupts and goes, well, well, let me just remind you what, what, what the scriptures say about Jesus. Jesus talking about us. He's so boss. And so he, he's like, let, let me tell you what it says. And the Bible says that he started talking from Torah, from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Starts telling the two dudes about all the promises, things that were told Jesus would do. Some of y'all going, Genesis talks about Jesus? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Exodus? Mm-hmm. All of that. The, all of the Old Testament, every book speaks and foreshadows Jesus coming. Jesus is using all those scriptures to tell these guys, listen, if he said it was going to happen, if the scripture said it, then you can count on it. It's going to happen. The Bible says that as these guys were walking and talking, the Bible says that they were talking, and here was their account. They said, my goodness, didn't our hearts burn inside of us as he told us the scriptures he brought them to life and man I just like I I, I just I just felt something Have, have you ever come to church and just felt that 
Like, whoa. <laughs> There's something. This is not like bad pizza last night. This is not heartburn. This is, this is like, man, there's something alive. And this is what they're experiencing. And the Bible says they kind of came to a fork in the road. And Jesus goes, y'all peace out. Y'all have a good day. I'm out. And they go, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, where, where are you going? Where are you going? They were loving the journey. They were loving the conversation. And Jesus goes, well, I'm going to keep going. They go, no, 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 no. And they invite him into the house. Up to this point, they didn't have a clue who he was. They had no clue this is Jesus. They invite him in. The Bible says they go inside, they sit down at a table. Jesus takes bread, breaks it, and starts to serve them, and their eyes were opened. You're the dude. You are Jesus. And the Bible says, then he vanished. I want you to understand something about this. It, this, is, this, is really, this is really interesting. They knew about Jesus. They knew he died. They just didn't know if he got up. They, they, they knew about him. They knew he was a, a good guy. They knew he did miracles. They knew he spoke some powerful things. They knew that he was full of love. They heard about his message, but they just didn't know if he fully had the ability to do what he said he was going to do of get himself back up. Because you see, if he didn't get up, he was just another empty promise. But if he did get up, then he's the first and the only that has ever given his life and then raised himself back to life again. And that makes him different. They walked beside Jesus. They talked with Jesus. They believed in Jesus and still didn't know who he was. Can I tell you something today? Religion will walk beside Jesus. And philosophy will talk with Jesus. And culture believes in Jesus. But it's only those who are willing to invite him in and go face to face with him that will ever really truly experience the reality of who he is. Not the Jesus that died, but the Jesus that is alive today. That's who he wants us to, that's who he wants us to know him as. That is where the joy of our journey kicks in. Not the Jesus before the crucifixion, but the Jew Jesus after the resurrection. When the life of Christ hits your life, everything becomes brand new. It changes everything. Here's what I've learned. It's easy to worship a God you know you can't live without. And the moment that you realize he's not an option in my life, he brings something out in me. When he's my only source, he's my only option. He's my only way through. He's my only part of future. He's the only way I didn't die already. He's the only reason I've got a hope for tomorrow. When I realize that, that he's not just another, but he is the only, then it's easy to open my life up and lean in hard. And when I do that, joy floods my life. And that changes everything. Oh, it's not that everything is, is easy. It's not that the circumstances that are rough go away. It's not that the news is always good. It's not that the rain goes around my house. No, it all comes. But greater is he that is in me than the circumstances that are around me. What is that? It's the joy of the Lord in my life. Oh, we need his joy. There's only one way. There's only one way to fully know Jesus. This verse is shocking. You might have read over it and never hit you, but I want to show it to you. John chapter 14, verse 21. This is, this is coming right at us. This is going to open the whole thing up. This is, I'm opening, it's opening the Christmas gift for you ahead of time. I'm going to show you something. John 14, 21. 
those who accept my commandments and obey them. You, you all understand, that's the, this is the first part. It's set in the condition. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them. Here it is, read it loud, one, two, three. And I will love them and... The only way for you to know Jesus is for him to show himself to you. If you're waiting on a preacher to show you who Jesus is, I will always fail. It's like me sending you a text message as to what the flowers look like versus somebody walking in and handing you the entire bouquet. The moment I start describing him is the moment I have failed because human words do not exist to describe his glory, his divinity, his goodness, his love, his grace, his embrace, his acceptance, his sacrifice. We can't do that. That's why Jesus says, I don't want you depending on somebody else. You need to come out of second-hand and third-hand revelation and get your own understanding as to who I am and how I love you. I want to talk to you myself. I want to go around all the religious jargon, and I want to come to your heart, to your house. I I don't just want you to walk with me. I don't just want you to talk beside me. I don't just want you to believe in me. I want you to invite me into your house and you and I go face to face and let me tell you things about me that no one could ever tell you. Let me reveal myself to you in a way that your mama never told you, that your church could never explain to you, that you never read before. I want to show you something that you fumble with words trying to describe how amazing it is to be a Christ follower because I know him for myself. Myself. This passage of scripture is so, so strong. Jesus has to reveal himself to us. He says this, two things, follow his word, pursue him, and that's when, that's when joy hits. By the way, you know what joy stands for? Jesus over yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. I know it's Father's Day, it should all just be good news. I'm trying to give you some right now. Jesus over Scott, Jesus over me, Jesus over my attitude, Jesus over my agenda, Jesus' ways over my ways. It's Jesus over yourself. So follow his word, and then Jesus will reveal himself. The word reveal here is interesting. It means that he wants to show out. I want, I, want, I want to go beyond words. I want to hit your emotions. I want to hit your past. I want to dig deep inside of where you've been. I want to answer questions that you've never asked. I want to go hard. I want it to be one-on-one. -on -one. I want relationship with you. This is exactly what this passage is saying here. But here's what I've learned. When joy is not there, conflict is. You ever had internal conflict? Can I tell you what it is? Internal conflict hits when my actions don't match my priorities. I state one thing, but I'm living another. I know I should go left, but I decide to go right. And the explosion happens inside, and here's what usually happens. When the conflict hits here, I start blaming others. I get mad at people. I get mad at the job. I get mad at culture. I find things to nitpick over, and I'm just living on edge. I'm just lit. I'm just waiting for the opportunity to go off because the last thing I want to do is get the mirror in front of my face and fix my junk. Internal conflict is when my actions don't match my priorities. I'm now fighting myself. Oh, can I tell you, before conflict goes external, it's always internal. People that are conflicted cause conflict. That's what happens on the marriages that are in conflict because a husband and 
wife have internal conflict they're not resolving and therefore it goes external. It, I want you to understand until we find alignment with Jesus, until all of this starts working in here and I stop violating myself, once I come into alignment with me and him, everything works joy, Jesus over me. And once I get the order back together, then all starts working in my life. You see, I, I've been to the place where I've had too much of me to enjoy Jesus and too much of Jesus to enjoy me. And I'm kind of stuck in the middle, and church people are good at this, that we're in almost. I love Jesus for the big part. Oh, yeah, I follow Jesus like three days a week. I, I follow him, but kind of. I know what that's like to be in and out at the exact same time. And this is the source of comfort. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm talking about our humanity. I'm talking where, where your pastor is. This is confession time. We all go here. This is our world. But I want you to understand this is where your conflict comes from. It's this internal rage because you were made to worship and to know and to love him. And when you and I violate that, when we push back on him for us, joy begins to exit our life because it only comes one way, Jesus, over yourself. And until I get the order back in place, I'm not going to live everything he said I can have. I get frustrated with life. No peace, no joy, love God, but something's not clicking, something's not connecting, and this is always the plan of your enemy. Do you understand? There, there's always a plan to distract you with circumstances. The plan is always to frustrate you. Let fear take over in your life. Hide Jesus in the minutia of life and, and let you feel like he's disconnected and impersonal and doesn't really care that he's this cosmic removed deity that's kind of hanging out up there, and we all have to come acquiesce, but he really doesn't know who you are, really doesn't care. It's not personal. It's just kind of a big organizational thing we do on Sundays. And I, I feel good because, you know, really positive messages. But I want you to know he's so much more than church. He's so much more than positive confessions, so much more than good news. He is life. He is joy. He is peace. He is your answer. He is reality. He is your savior. He is your future. He is the breath in your body. He is all that we need. Jesus wants to fill your journey with this undeniable revelation of who he is. He's not holding back on you or me, but he's coming to completely reveal himself to you and I. Listen to what the Bible says. Daniel chapter 2, verse 28. There is a God in heaven who reveals mysteries. He wants to show you things you can't know. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 10. Things that no eye has seen or ear heard or mind imagined are the things God has prepared for those who love him. God has revealed these to us by the Spirit. Amos chapter 3, verse 7. God does nothing without revealing his secrets to his servants, the prophets. Isaiah 22, the Lord has revealed himself in my ears. Jeremiah 33, call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. He has a desire to open up and pour all he is into you and I. Let me ask you, what is it that you don't know that he does know that's limiting your life? What is it that I could receive from him but that I pushed back on that's got me stuck and I'm trying to figure it out? I think it's a money problem, but it's a Jesus problem. I think it's a relationship problem, but it's a Jesus problem.
I think it's a work problem. I think it's a culture problem when the truth is it's the conflict inside of me. It's the violation of me. I'm still putting me over Jesus. I'm living in yoge instead of joy. I've got a mess going on in my life. I've got to get the order back again so I can laugh. I can have some peace. If you're going to have joy in the journey, there's only one way. The Bible says you come and do things my way. Follow my word. And once you do that, I'm going to start revealing myself to you, not through church, not through your pastor. I want to speak to your heart myself. I want to visit your house. When you sleep at night, I want to put some peace in. I want to walk the hallways of your house and do some things in your kid's life that no counselor, no teacher would ever be able to do. I want to bless you beyond your ability to explain. I want to frustrate you because the words don't exist because it's so good you can't describe it that's what I want to do and he says I want to reveal it to you I want to show you who I am this is when daily life gets exciting so far beyond church so far beyond anything I could preach heaven's insights heaven's strength heaven's joy in your daily decisions in your business plans in your relationships in your parenting in your money would it be okay if God's revelation God involved in your finances begin to show you things that you can't know naturally but God starts revealing things to your heart and your spirit the Bible says he'll do it when we start getting involved in serving God how to serve God in our life where his power his passion his revelation begins to move in us and God starts to use us to impact family impact our co-workers impact the community that wherever you go you're a walking living breathing witness to the love the joy, the hope of Jesus Christ. In your Bible reading, the Bible comes alive. You start to understand it. In your prayer time, you feel like he's actually leading and talking back to you. He'll speak to you in your car. He'll mess up the atmosphere at work. I know what it is to have him step in and interrupt atmospheres, almost like a friend that would call you at the inopportune time on purpose just to mess you up. I felt him step into meetings, and I'm distracted by his presence because I know you're here, and I ain't got time for this because I'm trying to do this and I feel God I see you just want you to know I'll be with you tonight you and me we hook up there's that he's a friend that wants to sit closer to you draw you into his heart reveal himself to you stop waiting on the church to tell you all about Jesus and go get him for yourself (laughs) unexplainable joy that heals my heart Gives me strength, vision, hope. There's nothing like that in the world. First Chronicles 16 verse 27 says this, strength and joy are where he is. Then why would I not want to be where he is? Strength and joy. Nehemiah 8.10, this is a good one. Your next tattoo, this is a good one right here. Ready? One, two, three. The joy that the Lord gives you will make will make you strong. The joy that the Lord gives you will make you strong. His joy is your strength. When I was a kid, some of you my age will remember this. They had these punching bags that it took dad like seven hours to blow up. (laughs) And at the bottom it had some sand. And I would hit him, and that thing would roll over. Had the craziest way, it popped back up every single time. Boom. Boom. Sometimes I'd run and tackle it, 
And while I'm on the ground trying to get up, boom, it's popped up just looking at me, just sitting there waiting. It's just defiant, just a defiant old bag. Had these other toys when I was growing up, they called Weeble Wobbles. Y'all remember a Weeble Wobble? Y'all don't even know what life is if you don't know what Weeble A big old fat-bottomed piece, a heavy thing that's got a face painted on it. And here was the saying, they can weeble and wobble, but they don't fall down. They, they do going this way and that way, but they boom, they're right back up. Like, don't matter if the wind blow, don't matter if you dropped it, don't matter if you kicked it, it's going to boom, 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 and it's going to weeble and it's going to wobble, but it won't fall down. It's going to be like Timex, take a, lick, take a licking and keep on ticking. Can, yeah, see, some of y'all don't have a clue what I'm talking about, but that's okay. Welcome to my generation. That's how we roll here. I want you to know that when the joy of heaven hits your life, when Jesus hits your life, it's not that you don't get hit. It's not that we don't go down. We just don't stay down. We weeble and wobble, but we don't stay down. We get hit, but we bounce back up again. We take a lick and we keep on. There's something in there that is beyond human. You can't describe it. It's not that you're just in a good mood. It's not that you just have a positive personality. It's got nothing to do with that. As great as those are, there's something greater inside that won't let me quit because my vision has changed and my hope is changed and I know who he is as my savior my lord my redeemer his love his life his promises are alive in me I'm gonna make it it's gonna be good how how does this joy keep me strong Holy Spirit lives inside of us and leads our decisions watch this to produce this thing called fruit yes God's plan is for you to be fruity love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, if you need to read them again. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. The Bible tells us that when Christ enters our life, when we have submitted our life to his word and his way, he now begins to work in and through us and produce this stuff. Like you are producing love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control is coming out of you. It doesn't matter if it was never there before because it's not about you going to a class and learning it. This is the work of God's Spirit inside of you, taking you places you could never get on your own. Something begins to change inside of you. Here's something really interesting about trees that, that bear fruit. The tree doesn't need the fruit. The tree doesn't eat its fruit. The tree always produces for others. The tree, uh, an apple. Oh, he doesn't eat that apple. Someone else takes that apple. Enjoy that? How you like me now? Everything that the tree is starts feeding everyone and everything around them. And that's the plan of God for your life. You're not living this life just for you. I'm living it for my neighbors. I'm living it for you. I'm living it for the community around me. I'm living it for my family. I'm living it for my kids. I'm living this so that the fruit that comes out of my life, they can feed on what Holy Spirit is doing in me. And here's what I've learned. When I begin to produce fruit that people are enjoying, it elevates the atmosphere that I get to live and roll in. And that's when life changes. Joy takes over. And my world is surrounded in that hope, in that strength that cannot be described because it's holy. It's not normal. It's not natural. It's a God-produced gene on the inside of you that transforms everything. 
when we're aligned with Jesus. Your, your life produces fruit. That's the evidence of him working in you. Anybody living better than the way you used to? Anybody's mouth changed a little bit? Oh, good. We're all glad about that. Anybody's attitude elevated? You, you, you know, anybody stepped out of some things that used to have you held hostage, but now I don't do that no more. I don't dictate. Yeah, see, that's the fruit of Holy Spirit working in you. That's not your good behavior. No, no, no. That's the working of God inside of you, changing and transforming. That's the evidence. That's the evidence. That's what I'm talking about right there. The fruit makes people hungry. And another time we'll talk about that. That's when we get into lifestyle evangelism. That we walk into Walmart and start spreading fruit everywhere. <laughs> Yesterday, no, Friday night, I was over at Caleb and Liz's. Did I mention they had a little girl named Talia? <laughs> My granddaughter. Over at the house, look at this precious little bundle six pounds and 15 ounces that's officially a keeper so we decided to keep her and they also have another child Malachi Malachi Santiago he is uh, 15 months old and runs the house and um, but when when I was when I was over at the house uh, Caleb and Liz as a part of their furniture they got this this couch sectional couch and this one big square that rolls around, you can put it in different parts of the couch and it makes it almost like a bed. It's really cool, it's like really nice, uh, sleeps well. And, and so, um, but, but you can then lift the lid on it and it's got storage for blankets and pillows and everything, like it's right there because going to the bedroom is a long walk, you understand. But it's not for blankets and pillows. It's loaded with toys. Every parent in the place goes, yeah, cha-ching. Yeah, that's exactly just because, you know, when people are coming over, flip the lid, kind of throw everything inside, slam the lid. Amen. It's, it's, it works really well. So Malachi knows where the stuff is, so he goes and he stands in front of me. He starts beating on it because he can't get it open himself. So we go and we open it up, and so it's, it's sitting open. It's on these hydraulics, so it's sitting wide open. And, and I saw him, like, where is Malachi? Where's Malachi? And I saw the little, I know where Malachi is. And so I walked over, grabbed my camera. Do y'all have that picture? Y'all have that picture? Malachi is, he is sitting inside this thing with his toys. And he's just having the time. Didn't need us. Didn't need us. He's having the time of his life. He is loving life. And as soon as I saw him, I went over and I snapped the picture. And when I got the picture done, I, my head was kind of running with the message and where we are. And I, and I just felt really simply this, this hit me. And I want to just deliver this to you. Malachi stopped reaching in the box for a toy and decided to crawl in the box and enjoy the toy. I wonder how many of us as Christ followers are just reaching into the box of what he has and trying to take a handful out. When he's saying you actually belong in the box, would you stop staying outside and just reaching a little bit of time? Or would you just kind of crawl over inside this thing? And would you please just sit down inside the box and just enjoy, just be surrounded by everything? This is what living is all about right here. This is where joy comes right here. This is where a hope that you can't explain hits your life and you're stronger here because I'm surrounded with everything I need in life. I'm not just taking a handful. I am living in this stuff right here. 
God wants you to live in this day in and day out. He wants you to be surrounded. He wants you to be soaked in his promises, his blessings. But there's only one way to do it. When I pursue him, then he reveals himself to me. And when he shows me something that church and people and religion and culture and money and fame and IG followers can never give me, ladies and gentlemen, that transitions everything. And you understand Christ following at a whole new level. Joy, Jesus over yourself. Would you please stand to your feet? If we're going to enjoy the journey, we need some joy. I'm not just talking about joy that makes you smile when things are tough. I'm talking about joy that makes you belly laugh to where you almost pee your pants. I'm talking about a joy that is real. Some of y'all got that problem. I know you do, and it's okay. I think it's wonderful. I think it's just wonderful. You make all the rest of us smile and almost jealous. But I'm just saying, it's, 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 it's wonderful that there's just a laugh, a joy. Some, how long has it been since you belly laughed so hard that the tears were flowing down your face? Your stomach is hurting. You pull muscles you haven't used in years because I'm just overwhelmed by the joy. And again, not because there's money flowing in the account, not because it's all good, just because I know he's good. And as long as he's good, I'm good. And I'm not happy just walking beside him. I'm not happy just talking beside him. I'm not just happy believing in him. I'm inviting him into my house, and I want to go face to face with him so he can reveal himself to me. There's another level in your relationship with Jesus. He's waiting on you, and he will show you stuff I can't show you. You were never made to live on church. You were never made to live by what a preacher says. Don't abuse me that way, because I'll fail you every time in that. My job is not to replace Jesus. My job is to introduce him, encourage you in his word, but you need to get this for yourself. And as long as you're reaching for him, everything changes. And we understand what the joy and the blessing of this relationship is all about. Father, we love you and we're so grateful that you're not afraid to reveal yourself to us, to open your heart to us, to give us joy on this journey that we're not living frustrated and angry, but we can step out of the conflict as we align ourselves with you. We seek you. We seek to know who you are. And as you begin to reveal yourself to us, the fruit of your love hits our life and it begins to produce through us. It transitions who we are. We become a blessing to others. It changes the atmosphere. Joy overwhelms our life and we live in your presence full of pleasures forevermore. We can live this life there's no reason for us to live anything less. Jesus, you died to give us all of that. And so we're not stopping halfway. I'm not going partway in the journey and quitting. I'm going all the way. I'm not settling for a handful. I'm crawling all the way in the box. I want all of it. I want everything. And so, Jesus, we do it your way. It's you over me. It's your way over my way. It's your thoughts over my thoughts. It's your joy over my happiness. I choose you. So today, God, I pray you would stir us. I pray that you would speak to us throughout this week. I pray for righteous distractions that would hit our life this week. You would blindside us as we get into our car to drive somewhere. Let us feel your presence. Sit down in the car. Rattle us. Rattle us. Hit us where it goes emotional. It hits us deeper than what we can. We feel overwhelmed by, I just felt love enter my heart. Oh, my God, what is that? Lord, show yourself. Reveal yourself. Shock your people, I pray, that their hearts will burn inside of them so that, God, there will be the request, the invitation for the next level of knowing you. God, speak to us. Wake up our faith. 
Don't let us become lax. Don't let this become Sunday routine. But God, we need the warm tears to flow down our face again. We need joy and excitement to break loose on the inside that moves us and reminds us of the reality of your promises and the life that you gave. We honor you. We worship you. We love you for this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you receive that today, put those hands together. If you enjoyed today's message, we invite you to connect with us by following us on our social media platforms or through our website at freelifechapel.org. Thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week.